This is important information. Ready, set, and begin. Who better to talk about the MLS in the Twin Cities than the head coach of your hometown United? All incredible things to look forward to. Now, courtesy of Heineken, this is the Adrian Heath Show. Quintero with a Minnesota goal! The Adrian Heath Show. Oh, what a save by Shuttleworth! Oh, my! Hosted by former player and now Loon sideline reporter Jamie Watson. Check this out! Hello, good evening. Welcome to the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. I am your host, Jamie Watson, in studio tonight, joined by the head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. Adrian, how are you? I'm good. I'm just about to calm down, shall we say. I've obviously been watching England this afternoon, so a bit of an emotional roller coaster, I'm afraid. I can only imagine what an Englishman, a diehard one at that, somebody who has so much invested, um, who hasn't seen the success that you have so longed for and craved for from your team at the world stage in the biggest tournaments in the world, whether that be the European Championships or the World Cup, to have that moment today. We'll talk a little bit more about it later in the show, Mm -hmm. but just quickly... Everyone's probably tuning in going, what is Adrian's emotions right now? Just about two hours removed from a big win over Columbia and penalty kicks. I think my phone summed it up because when we went to penalty kicks, I must have got 20 quick texts from people still going now saying, oh no, not again, please. Because we, I, I can't remember us ever winning one in my lifetime. Ever? No. Oh, we won one to go around and then get knocked out in penalties. Sure, but, but when it actually, Only one. Yeah. I've only ever seen us win one penalty shootout ever. And normally we get to the quarterfinals and get beat by Germany or somebody on penalties again. And uh, I thought, here we go again. But I did say to you before the tournament started, I, I, I just sensed it was a little bit different this time. This is a new team. Young team with without all that emotional baggage that comes with England going out in big tournaments. And I... I can't tell you what it will be like in England at this moment in time because it's very hard for people to understand who, who've not been born and bred in England what their national team means to the to the public. Well, that's a perfect perfect little tease for the next segment where we'll dive a little bit deeper into the World Cup. We'll update you on where the bracket stands as we have now completed the round of 16 mm-hmm. for the World Cup. And so as we shift from the world stage in the next segment back here locally... Um, for the local stage. This past Friday night, Minnesota United had a Friday night game. Uh, To be fair, probably one of the only games going on just about in the world. Mm -hmm. World Cup was on a break. No MLS games were on. Great turnout. Great turnout. Sold out crowd over 22,000 plus at TCF Bank Stadium. It was a hot night. It was. It was not not cold on the sidelines wearing that suit for Fox Sports North. That was was tough. Um, I'm sure Dan Terhar, who was, had the call upstairs for 1500 ESPN, was just fine in his air conditioning booth. Callum, Kendra, air conditioning booth as well. They were probably loving life. Yeah, not not quite that uh, that temperature down on the sidelines. That heat radiating off the turf for you and I and down the on the sideline. And the coming out my ears as every chance kept going past the post. That as well. Let's, uh, let, let's, let's get a quick recap from that. It was... Uh, it was probably one of the better performances for Minnesota United on the season, stats-wise. Uh, Sixteen to eight shot advantage, thirteen corners for Minnesota United to the three for FC Dallas. Fifty-three percent possession. Yet, Roland Lama in the 59th minute, off of a corner kick from mm-hmm. Mascara, Santiago Mascara just come on the field 
takes a corner. Two minutes later, finds ahead of Roland Lamar, 59th minute. And FC Dallas shuts down shop, closes up the game, and wins 1-0 on the road. Um, I asked you this question immediately following the game. Um, and I remember prefacing it by saying, in a game that you completely dominated in every statistical category and outplayed FC Dallas, how frustrated are you that you were walking away with nothing from the game? And I'll ask you that now. Well, frustrated. You know, looks back. It, it look looking back. It's like a missed opportunity. Um, if you look back at our last three games, Houston away, most chances, most possessions, should have won the game. Colorado could have been two or three up at half time, most chances, most possessions, should have won the game. And then FC Dallas. Um, you know, we we couldn't have done much more than we did. Obviously, we changed the shape of the team, went with sort of three centre-backs. You know, it became a 3-5-2 or a 5-3-2, depending. And then in the end, we ended up finishing 4-2-4 with four up and pushing on. And as uh, Oscar and Marco Farouch said to me after the game, they couldn't have put any more defenders on the field if they'd have tried. They ended up with seven defenders on the field. So that's that bodes well in terms of the, the, the way we were playing and moving the ball, but... You know, disappointment because this was a missed opportunity because we 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 should have taken all three points. For us to to not have taken anything from Houston, Colorado, and Dallas, when you consider how much ball we've had, how much good possession, and how many opportunities that we've uh, created, it's uh, it's ludicrous, really. You know, the one the one area that I will say is was disappointing. It's um, we've actually conceded four out of six goals now from individual errors and corners. Houston. Um, you know, Mace, uh, Carter, Carter Manley let his man go. And then obviously Wyatt got beaten by the bigger guy in Colorado. And then the other night, obviously Tyrone Mears was marking uh, Lamar. And the harsh realities of when you mark man for man, that if your guy scores, you end up taking the responsibility. And I, I think that's something that we, 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 you know, you come to training. It's not, it's not something that we don't work on and don't practice. So, you know, it's one of them things at this moment in time. That, but we, we are in, in need of a break. And I just know that uh, tomorrow night's a big game for us, for both of us, for them as well, for different reasons, you know, because they've not had the start that they probably expected. Yeah, you're getting thoughts from Adrian Heath ahead of tomorrow night's matchup with Toronto FC. We are recapping the home matchup that was a loss um, against FC Dallas this past Friday night. It was obviously very frustrating for you, Adrian, as a guy who made a career and a very good career at finishing chances. The fact that there were so many opportunities in the box, so many nearly, so many maybe, so many almost, for you... How frustrating is that? Because you know that when it was your day and you were playing, you know those were chances that you would you 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 long for, you crave for. Ball rolling across the box, what seemed to be simple tap-ins, it just always seemed to never really fall at the right time on the bounce, or it was just a little too far in front, or just a couple inches wide of the post. Well, I, th- I think the one thing that we we try and always sort of preach to the players is that this is where strikers want to try and finish from. You know, I used to say to you all the time, make sure you get on the back post, you will score six, seven goals a season. And was that correct? Absolutely. And, you know, so when people... Prolonged when, my career by so, just simply doing so when, that. But So when people do it to you, when you've been talking on about it all day, and you know, all week in training, when you're going over set pieces, that becomes really frustrating. The one thing I do know is the more that we keep mentioning this, the more it becomes like a mental block and people start to sort of freeze in the moment. So we, we've got to sort it out. You know, we're virtually at the halfway point of the season. And if we if we want to take this season 
long into the end of this year, then we've got to start to turn some of these good performances and these opportunities into points on the board. Absolutely. Last year, 10 wins. Kept you in the playoff hunt until late October this year, sitting at five right at that halfway mm. mark of the season, as you just mentioned. Um, okay, so the big topic leading up to the game um, on Friday, it was Pride Night, yep. um, which I know you're you know, uh, uh, an advocate for. You, uh, you and I have had many discussions about this both. Um, while we were playing both af- afterwards, you are you know, a love-is-love guy, a true, true to believer to that. Um, one, seeing the outpouring uh, of support from the community, um, the diversity, the inclusion, mm-hmm. all of that. But then also, too, the big news, not just in the footballing world, but in the, the world of sport, of sport, of culture, of, of, yeah. of everything in the U.S., really, because this, this stretched further than sport. This, this reached almost everybody. And in fact, it had 2.4 billion impressions on social media. 2.4 billion imp- impressions. Was Colin Martin's tweet Friday morning yep. announcing that he is an openly gay male and the only current openly gay male amongst the five major sports in the U.S. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about it on the night, but be interested to hear kind of your thoughts on it and what was it like, um, you know, was it a proud moment for you? Was it a, a, a moment that you were proud for Colin? What was it from your, your perspective, your take? I think it was a very brave decision because I think we're all pretty much aware that Colin's not the only, only gay sure. athlete in, in, in American sports. In the well, he's the only sports. one that's come out and said it, but exactly. yes, but we all know so, that there are so, others like Colin who just doesn't have the bravery yeah, yet. Yes, so that's a disappointment, because if we're in a, still in a, a situation where people are maybe afraid that it's going to have a negative effect on their career, hopefully, and this is what I said to Colin, I, I thought it was a brave decision from him, he knows what our stance is. We've known for a long time within the club, so this was nothing new to us. But for him to come out and actually put it out there, I think it's certainly a brave thing to do. If it helps one more person to have that same courage and bravery to come out and say he's done it and it's he's actually expressed how positive the outpouring is. Yeah, a bit from all it's over been the world. amazing to see. Some of the people as well. It's like a who's who of... Uh, James Corden, oh, yeah, Gra- yeah. Gabrielle Union, yeah. Deborah Massey. I mean, just these, yeah. these A-list celebrities. celebrities. From all over the world. Yeah. So I, I think that's a message in itself. And I think that, uh, good on Cole, I'm, we're all really proud of him. Um, we, we know it's not easy. Um, and he's in, a, he's in a male-dominated sport. And you know what the banter's like. But yeah. he, he takes it and he's... Uh, I'm sure this will be a positive, not only for football, for soccer, but for other major sports, because I think we're, we're at that stage now where I think we're over all the uh, all the nonsense that goes along with what people think about them, about yeah. people who actually want to come out and say that they're a little bit different or whatever they are. I just think it's that time it, it, that it was right for everybody. And Collins, as I say, we're all uh, really proud of him. And uh, I think now, it, hopefully, some one or two other people maybe go take the same same pathway. Yeah, it's it's really cool to hear. And, and Colin had had made a couple of comments of how supportive you were to him when he first approached you about wanting to come out and, and to make his announcement, and how you said a lot of really good things and positive things to him that almost just kind of reinforced that decision. Well, I, I think the one other thing about the club is we've always tried to be inclusive to everybody. Sure, you know, race, color, gender, whatever. You know, this is a this is a a club that's openly promoted the fact that hey, if you no matter whichever persuasion you are, this club is a, there's yeah. a place for you at this, this welcome, football yeah. club. Yeah, so you know, 
onwards and upwards hopefully yeah and that's it that's it that's really cool to see it's really uh exciting to be a part of both as just a a member of the club but also friends of Colin and uh it's really cool Colin um good for you and you know it was it was really cool I'll wrap this up by saying um when I got a chance to talk to him moments for kickoff I asked him, you know, what's it been like just kind of getting the reaction, uh, the the outpouring of, of love and the overwhelming support. And, you know, he said it meant a lot. It was great. And he goes, now we just need to get three points. And I was like, you know what? Perfectly said. Because because it, it's kind of one of these like, okay, yes, I, you know, it, it means a lot to me. But like, hey, we got a game right now. So let's go get three points. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just, it was really cool to see. And, and, I, and I think that comes down to a lot of what you said about there being it being known amongst the teammates for so long that for him it almost wasn't this like no it wasn't surprise the big news yeah exactly because it's like well no this is just normal i'm yeah. just i'm just letting you guys know that and it was just really cool so it was it was awesome it was to probably see. a different day for him and in, in terms of the reaction that he got and he ended up worldwide yeah but in terms of in our locker room it was probably no different yeah day. And that's uh, that's really cool i'm glad it's that way i'm glad to be uh, to be part of that i know you are as well so all right uh when we come back we are going to talk about the World Cup. Uh-huh. We are going to get back into a little bit of that emotion and that smile you had when I first saw you. Uh, I was actually really happy England won because I knew today's show was going to be a lot better because of it. So yeah. we'll break it down. I'll let you know what it was like watching the game with Callum Williams and other Englishmen, the roller coaster that it was. Yeah. And we will break down where the World Cup is at. So plenty more to come. He's Adrian Heath, Manny Hills in the booth. I'm Jamie Watson. This is the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Eric Dyer places the ball on the spot. And England win on penalties. History in itself for this new team, new territory. The last eight of the World Cup and who knows where beyond there. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show as we hear the call of Eric Dyer's game-winning penalty kick to beat Columbia. Before we get into what that means to you, it means a lot to Manny, to Bradley, and to myself for you to guess the song as we come back from break. It's Janet Jackson. Go on. You know you're Janet Jackson, obviously. No, more Michael. I, um, <laughs> I don't know. Is it Escapade? No, Escapade. Uh, he's done it, Manny. He's absolutely again, done it. Everything's coming up England today. Unbelievable. <sighs> he pulled that one out, much like England did. What yeah. does it make you hear to hear that call again? Is that the first time you've heard it since it we've... Fr- obviously, I heard the, the, the American commentary and everything. So Derek and, Ray, Ali Wagner had yeah. it. A very good call. So uh, it's nice to be so and a familiar voice from back home and uh, in Drury, I think it was. So I think it's very difficult for a lot of people to understand how much the national team means for the, the, the British the English people. Um because the football means so much to the people back home and for the national team to continually sort of underachieve has, has been a huge source of disappointment for the people for so long. And I'm a huge lover of the national team. So as I said to you before, this, this team, I felt this team were going to be mentally better prepared for this World Cup because they've got none of that emotional baggage that we've had for the last, uh, it just seems like the last two golden generations from the, you know, Paul Scholes to Frank Lampard to Steven Gerrard, that group of players that we all knew were super talented. And we we could never get over the hump. We could never get past the big nation. So I'm not saying today was the, the greatest day in our, the, you know, in the, the world of football for England football, but it, I think it was a, 
monumental shift because I can't remember us actually winning a penalty shootout when it really mattered. Well, can they win it all, Adrian? Do you yes, think? I do. I do think we can win it. And I'm a little bit more with that because Sweden, we know what we're going to get from Sweden. And then it, it would be Croatia or Russia if we get through. Obviously, you look at the other side of the draw with Brazil, who have got better as the tournament got, has gone on. Belgium with the and France with arguably the most two talented squads in the tournament. So whoever you get through against from that side of the, the, the draw, it's going to be very, very difficult. But I, I, I do honestly believe this team can actually go and, and win the World Cup. But, and I've not ever thought that before. Yeah, I don't think it gets difficult. Really, like truly, truly difficult until the final. Until the final, yeah. And then once we get to the final, we know anything can happen. You it, know, it's, in my it's... opinion, this this was always going to be the game that was going to be the hardest one for England to mm -hmm. get past. And as soon as you do Sweden, and you start to look, you've got Russia, you've got Croatia. Mm. Those are the teams standing in your way and, at the moment from teams, this side of the bracket to make the final. And all teams that we've played within the last few years and beaten some of them comfortably. So I I don't want to get too carried away. I know there's just a couple of more games to go, but you know I'll be incredibly disappointed if we if we haven't got enough to beat uh, Sweden at the weekend. And to talk about the penalties and how much of a curse that was over the last 22 years, mm -hmm. six major tournaments. We're talking World Cup, European Championship, 1990. 1996, 1998, 2004, 2006, and 2012, all out on penalty kicks for England. So I can understand why there was an air of the, disappointment dis when it went to penalties. And the disappointment with that, Jamie, is that a few of them tournaments, we played so well, and, and you're not actually getting beaten by teams in the 90 minutes or in the extra time, and it's come down to penalties. You know, I, I look at the Euros when it was in England in 96... We we were far and away the best footballing team in that tournament, and then you go out to Germany on penalties, and you're thinking, my God, is this ever going to stop? But you know, I think so. Hopefully, today is uh, is, is a little bit of a change. And we talk about one side of the bracket being Russia, Croatia, Sweden, England. The other side, Uruguay versus France, Uruguay versus France, Brazil versus Belgium. I mean, mm. just making it out of that four is almost like you deserve to win a World Cup for that. Then you then you've got the winner of the other side of the bracket. Uh, sitting on the other side, waiting to play in the final. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Adrian Heath, head coach of Minnesota United here on the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken, giving us a recap on England's win today in is penalties. It safe, is it safe to say that Adrian would probably give that call a 10? I mean, if we're if we're rating... <laughs> for rating I, can't, I, mean, I don't know who that was on the call. If, if you were rating yeah, that call... That's a 10 all day long. <laughs> Manny, I thought Manny, so. we, we, we dropped the ball. I thought so. Not, not getting together. You should have got Cal to do that today off the TV. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. So I was with Callum. And, and if you want to see the pure agony of an Englishman going through a penalty shootout in a major tournament, follow at MNUFC on Instagram because we had the social media team Michael Shields was there filming Callum and I at Brit's Pub today during the penalty shootout. Yeah, and cannot, you got I, to ride the roller coaster with Callum. I can only imagine when when we missed the third one. Was it Jordan Henderson? Jordan Henderson missed it. Yeah. And no, normally that's a real turning point, the third penalty. You know, the third because round. The, because the, the pressure mounts so much on the next people. But Jordan Pickford, hey, good young Everton goalkeeper, by the way, yeah. He's come up bigger because you know what people haven't mentioned so much, Jamie. The save he made from Maribi before the goal, 
which is going in the top oh corner my with goodness. an incredible save. Unbelievable. So when he, when he's been called upon, the young man is uh, delivered at the moment. It's been terrific. It's been awesome to see. So if we if we now look at it, I think if I'd be I mean I'd be silly to ask you now at this point if you think England make it through to the final from this side of the bracket. Both of our picks, Spain, yeah. gone. Yep. Done. Lost in penalties. Didn't make it past Russia in the round of 16. The other side, as we mentioned, Uruguay, France. That game, I believe, is on Friday. Yeah, that will be... And Brazil, Belgium is on Friday as well. Yeah, two two fantastic games, two contrasting teams. Uh, France will play there, try and play their free-flowing football. Uruguay, give nothing away. Cavani, I don't know whether he's going to be fit, will be a huge loss for... Uruguay, if he's not fit. Oh, absolutely! He scored two goals yeah. uh, against Portugal and was was clear or was the clearly the best player on the on the Uruguay side because he was the one that caused the most problems. Luis Suarez played uh, played his part as well. But if Cavani's not in, do you think that tilts it in the way of France? Yes, I do. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do because um, him and Suarez are the difference makers. They keep it tight, you know, with Godin and Jimenez at the back. They are they're so well organized defensively. They keep that. Four midfield players, nice and narrow in midfield, and make you go around the outside. Then defend for their life, defend the box for their life. So you know, for me, it's one of them. The important thing is the first goal in that game will be crucial. I just think that with Mbappe and Griezmann, and you know, I just think in Pogba they might just have a bit too much for um, uh, for Uruguay. So safe to say, you got France going through. I think so. Yeah. What about Brazil, Belgium? Oh, then this is a tough one to call. I actually think that Belgium can do it. And I, I I wouldn't have said that earlier on the tournament. I think the way that they came back against Japan, and by the way, Japan were fantastic in the game. Yeah. But the way that Belgium come back, their, their, their confidence will be sky high. I just think that the worst part of the Brazil team is their back, uh, the back four. And I just think they're attacking of Hazard and with Lukaku. And I hope Mertens gets higher up the field. And it's going to be really tight. But I've got a sneaking feeling that Belgium might just do it. Okay, so then Belgium gets through. So now you've got France and Belgium on that side. Yeah, and then obviously um, from a purely selfish point of view, if we were to go through, I think we have more chance against Belgium than we do against France. So then so then you, you want to see Belgium go through yeah. to play England in the final. Yeah, that's hey, what that's the I wouldn't hate that's it. The, that's the dream bracket, by the way. I wouldn't hate it. Why? Because it makes you look like you know what you're talking about and then you Not get a good that, matchup it, in the final. I think England got more of a chance of winning. That's, <laughs> that's the only reason I'm saying it. There we go. That makes sense. So um we uh we won't make you we won't make you make a prediction because there will be another show uh in between now and the final and everything as you know can change. In the World Cup. Lastly, before we go to break, one quick thought about England, and I've kind of noticed a similarity in what England's done in the tournament with their team and what Minnesota United has done in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Can you see why there may be some comparisons in the way that the Minnesota United has played with well, England from from the from a removed perspective? Do you is that a, is that a compliment? Is that a good thing? Has there been? Well, I think when you look at your own team and you look at the squad and the available players at particular times, whether it be through suspension, whether it be through injury or lack of form, you know, we, we, we've got decent centre-backs and I felt that we, 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 you know, and we had a lack of wide guys and with Miguel being out at the weekend, we went with the three centre-backs and we were certainly, certainly a lot, I would think, had a little bit more stability at the back. I can't remember Bobby Shuttleworth coming up with any real big saves in the game against Dallas. I can't either. Saves that he would have had to have made. Yes, he made, but, you know, so it worked well that way. 
you know, obviously it's a new system for us in terms of we, we worked on it in training. I would like to work on it more to get more out of the, the, the shape, but um, it's something that we'll think about for tomorrow night because we, you know, Calvo's back. Calvo's come back. He's in really good condition. He feels good. So he will come back and play. So whether we stick with the, the three at the back or change it back up to a four, two, three, one, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see till tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. All right. Stick around. Adrian Heath giving his thoughts on the World Cup. When we come back, though, we're going to bring back stateside. We're going to talk MLS, the coaching hire since we last met, and a guy you and I both know very well. Yep. We'll talk more about Orlando City hiring James O'Connor as their head coach and get Adrian's take on it, his thoughts on the hiring former Orlando City coach, Adrian Heath, that is, on his hire, on the new hire of uh, Orlando City. We'll continue to talk about other things going on here. We'll preview the matchup against Toronto tomorrow night, TCF Bank Stadium, and a whole lot more still to come on the Adrian Heath Show right here on 1500 ESPN. This is the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. Adrian, it's like the second you heard the first note, you looked at me and you said... Really? Yeah. Really? Well, this is my year, isn't it? You know, so Chicago, just you and me. It's just us tonight. Just you and me and Manny Hill. Yeah. Bring it on home for the halfway point of uh, anything, the Adrian Heath show this anything week. Anything of this type of music, this era, I grew up with that. Even if, even if I didn't like it, I could hear it in the background with my mom and my dad playing all that sort of stuff. Oh, so. that's lovely. The record player. You know who you, know who you actually got me on to? Who? Frank Sinatra. There you go. Guy's class, by the way. Okay. He probably didn't struggle back in the day, did he? No, I don't think Frank has ever struggled. That voice, that face. He was probably okay, wasn't he? And if he couldn't sort it out, he knew some influential people who probably (laughs) could. uh, I remember you once telling me, you never heard this before, and you it was I think it was on a road uh, trip or somewhere, you you know, five hundred points or something, and it was I think it was New York by Frank Sinatra. So for anybody listening out there who's never seen Boss Gags in, in concert, he's in concert next Tuesday night. Are you going to be there? Open to, yeah. Well, what a great start <laughs> to next Tuesday night. It'll be this show first. We'll actually be live on location yeah. next week. I believe, Manny Hill, I believe we're at Brit's Pub next week. Is that correct? Um, double checking on that. But, double checking. Uh, we're going to be on live on location. Is. We've got a couple of uh, places we're going to be. We were trying to figure it out last minute to see if we can get another live on location one after being at the local last week. Went so well. We were like, hey, we want to get back out to another great bar. Brits has been a place that we've basically yep. been home to during the World Cup with Minnesota United. So it's been yep. uh, it's been great. What a place that is to host the game. Yeah, I think I think when you see the atmosphere within in, in, in all them pubs, you know, and like you showed me some of the videos when uh, Callum was going crazy, no, heartbreak when, when Colombia oh, when Colombia scored, yeah, Colombia equalized in virtually the ninety third minute. You know, that's why I love football so much. You, I, there's not another sport that gives you the emotion that soccer does over the ninety minutes. It's incredible. Built built you up, and then uh, it didn't disappoint today. If you're an England fan, um, well, I said last segment we were going to come back stateside. So here we are. We're going to talk a little bit about Minnesota United. We're going to talk about MLS. We're going to talk about a personal connection that we both know. We talked when a couple weeks ago you, we got your first take here on the Adrian Heath show about Jason Christ in Orlando City mutually agreeing to part ways. And we got your thoughts on that. And it took about two weeks. They, In the meantime, a good friend of ours, Bobby Murphy, was the interim coach. Uh, didn't get a couple of good results. I think they lost to Montreal. Then they lost to Atlanta. Two, two losses in a row. Uh, but on Friday... 
they announced the hiring of the man that you brought over mm. from England. Yeah, to come and play for us. Yeah. James O'Connor played for Orlando City for 2012, 2013, 2014 while you managed. Uh-huh. And as did a little bit of coaching as, with us as well, right? As he as he started to make his his transition from his end of his playing days, you kind of took him under under your little wing. Yeah, he said, "Sit right here, sit right here, yeah. James. I'll teach you." He learned a lot from you. He would actually take a lot of our training sessions mm-hmm. when you weren't around. If maybe you were away scouting or something yeah. like that, James would be the one to take over. He ventures off, coaches Louisville City FC, ends up winning a championship yeah. with Louisville, and has their most successful spell in USL under his guidance. Now named the head coach of Orlando City. Only the third one in the club's history. You were the first one. The longest tenured one. How do you feel about this appointment? Was he, James O'Connor, the right decision for Orlando City? Well, it's it's not a long time to have had three. Um, I'll just throw that one in. But, um, I <laughs> well, think, you had him for a while in USL, think, but three in the MLS era yeah, yeah. in uh, three years? Yeah, yeah. I think three and a half years now? This, yeah. This might be the fourth year, I think. Um, really, really pleased for James. You, you know what type of a character he is. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He's oh, absolutely. Very, very professional, very passionate. I think he's worked hard for the opportunity because, you know, one or two people, Louisville was a new club when he, when he went there. So people were a little bit worried that would he have the infrastructure to be successful in a league that was growing? You know, you look how much the USL's come on over the last few years. And I think his testimony, how, how well, James has done the fact that he's won a title. You know, he got him top of the league. They, they lost it one year. Then this last year they won it. I think it was last year. I think, you know, the one thing is he's worked really hard for the opportunity. And, and sometimes you, you, you don't always get what you deserve when you put a lot of work in. And James has. And we're all really pleased for him. You know, it's, it's a club that's very close to our hearts because we put a lot of time and effort and emotion into that club. So we know there's a like-minded person going in there. You know, he'll like nothing more than to, to be successful there. And I know that if anybody who's come across James wishes him all the best because um, I just know he's going to go in there and give it everything he's got. Absolutely. And uh, kind of almost restore what the club's foundation was and and, yeah. and what it maybe got away from in the last year and a half or so. Um, I will say this, lastly, on James O'Connor. One, have you gotten a chance to speak to him yet? Briefly. Yeah, I spoke to him briefly. Well, then, what, then that takes my next question. I would I would have said, if you hadn't, what would you say now that you have spoke to him? And with respect to your, you know, the the privacy of your conversation, what, what did you share with him? What did you, what did you guys talk about? Well, I, I, firstly, I said to him, you know where I am if you need to talk, because obviously he, the people... You're talking trades, you're talking... <laughs> all that. Well, there's that as well, but now, obviously, he might want to change one or two things. Sure. They, they bought 14 new players in last year. He might he may not like all fourteen. Exactly. So you know, is there anybody that they that he's looked at from afar? Maybe he doesn't fancy because sometimes that happens. But more importantly, I said to him, "Listen, you know where I am. If you need a chat, I know nearly all the people who are who are still in them big important decision making positions. Um, so we, we will talk again. Um, it might be good for us to get him on actually one week to see." You know, how he's, I'd love to. How, how, how he's settling in. But, that was, uh, James, that's your, I, that's I your formal to, invite to the show. I just said to him, I'm here if you need anything, you need to talk, because it, it is a, a different league from USL. And the one thing he's going to have to get used to is losing. Yeah. 
It's not uh, well, somebody's I, I, not accustomed to because well, we played. We had four years in 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 Orlando where we I, what did we lose? You count on two hands. Yes, exactly. And so, not the kind where you go ten, eleven, start counting over. Kid, no. it was literally less than yeah. ten. So you know, it, it, it this will be a new experience for him because he's been used to winning most games, and and life's a lot easier when you're winning. And obviously they so. they're on a they're on a little bit of a skid at the minute. He needs to stop that. But hey, he's going to do fine. He's a good good. He's a great guy, and he's going to do fine. Well, so. Somebody else that was brought in to help win. Somebody that I have a funny story about. I know you probably know this story, but I'm not sure everybody knows this story. DC United has signed one Mr. Wayne Rooney. England's all-time leading goal scorer. Wayne Rooney signs with DC United. A big deal, not just for MLS, but for DC United. This could be the kind of signing that could help turn their season around. Um, Your thoughts on the signing? Big, um, great scorer of great goals. I think he's lead, lead, leading goal scorer all time at Manchester United as well. Uh huh. And second all time in the Premier League. Exactly. So you know they're getting somebody who's had a pretty good career. By the way, the fact that he's obviously five English Premier League championships with Man I've, I've known Wayne since he was probably twelve, or known about him since the age of about twelve or thirteen. You know, Colin Harvey, who was my coach at Everton in them days, used to say to me, we've got this kid coming through who was incredible. Yeah. And and to get that off Colin Harvey is like the most, <laughs> this guy, you could have the best game. You, you thought I was hard on players. You could come in and he scored a hat trick against Liverpool and he'd look at you and go, not bad. That was what you were getting. That's that, actually what you said to me the only time I ever scored a hat trick. Not bad. I probably got it from Carl. That's where I got it from. But, <laughs> Thanks, Carl. But he used to, you know, wax lyrical about how good Wayne was going to be. And he, he came on to be that. You know, he was a mad Evertonian and he's, as, a, as a kid. He, we always remember him standing by the sideline watching training and everything. So it's great for the league. And if Wayne still got that burning desire that he's always had that made him what Wayne Rooney was. People forget he got double figures last year for Everton in goals. Yeah. yeah. He got goal of the season. He scored, he's the scorer of a lot of goals, but also the scorer of great goals. You see his compilation of oh. overhead kicks, volleys, headers, backwards. Breaking the net. Yeah. yeah. So I, mean, it's, I think it's a, it's a, it's another big name for the for the MLS, a big pickup for DC as they go and move into their new stadium. And I just think that I thought Wayne spoke really well in his press conference, you know, when he talked about, I've not come here to see my days out. I've come here to win. So, you know, it's a, it's a great addition to the league. Well, two and a half year deal that Wayne Rooney signs with DC United. I will say this, the one story that I'm sure you know of, because I, I can't imagine you maybe knew about this before Wayne Rooney's book, or maybe you did Wayne Rooney, the first page of his book. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it offhand. He says, my name was supposed to be Adrian. Rooney, yeah. I am supposed to be Adrian <laughs> Rooney because my dad, Tom, his favorite player was Adrian Heath. Yeah. So yeah. imagine that. Wayne Rooney was meant to be called Adrian Rooney, but for whatever reason, maybe Mrs. Rooney talked Tom out of naming... I got to tell you, if you knew where Wayne was from in Liverpool, that's a bit like calling a boy Sue, that Johnny Cash song. Yeah. <laughs> calling him Adrian in, uh, in that part of Liverpool where Wayne's from. Now It's a tough old area where Wayne was. Probably better with Wayne than Adrian. Probably a little bit better, yeah, huh? Yeah, you maybe kept him out of a few scraps so. in the day. But it, obviously How was, cool is that for you to hear that? I mean, I know it's not the first time you've heard it probably, right? No, no, but obviously when people bought the book, it, it, everybody sort of mentioned it to me straight away. But I think it just... For me, it's a, it's a nice story for the fact that how successful we, we were at that particular time. It's a great club, and uh, 
you know, for one of their great players to his father was going to nick, call him after me. It's, it's nice, pretty nice, pretty cool thing. But uh, he's done great, hasn't he? My wife and I actually had a similar discussion before our first was born. Our first son, uh, we said, well, it's down to two names. It, it's Cade or it's Adrian. And she started it. laughing and said, I can't wait to, to meet Cade. <laughs> we, uh, we, we got so much more to come, including bad dad jokes. Uh, Adrian... We got one more segment, and we're going to talk TFC. We're going to talk yeah. Toronto ahead of tomorrow night's game. Yep. I, I will admit, I'm I'm very I, I'm jealous because to have Wayne Rooney's family uh, think you're that cool. <laughs> I, we got a chance. John, his brother John, actually played for us in Orlando. You, yeah. you signed John for a season. He was my teammate. Um, you know, it was funny because they, you could never really actually talk to John about. Wayne, like John wanted to come to the US to not be in Wayne's shadow. Yeah. And of course when we all met him, we wanted to be like hey, your John, brother? what's your brother like? Yeah, yeah. You know, so he hated it. So so I never got to uh to fully hear too many Wayne stories. So maybe maybe when we get set to play DC later on in the year, maybe you can uh we can reach out, maybe we can get Wayne Rooney on the phone and then that'd I can be- just get out of the way and let you guys talk about the good old days. Yeah, that'll be good. There he's, we a, go. he's, a, but he's a great he's a great kid and it's a it's a great it's a great addition to the league. Yeah, there we go. I, I'm excited for it too. Uh, Callum Williams, I know he's buzzing about another Englishman. You guys are taking over. We got to do something about this. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about tomorrow night's matchup at TCF Bank Stadium. Minnesota United takes on Toronto FC, a big matchup on the 4th of July. It's USA versus Canada. We'll see who can take this one. Mm-hmm. Still plenty more to come. One more segment when we come back. Adrian Heath, Manny Hill in the booth. I'm Jamie Watson, your host. This is the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken on 1500. ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Here we go. Final segment of this week's Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. Adrian, bring us on home here. Who do we got for your final to go three for three? Well, I've got a trivia question for you as well on this one. Okay. So, Guns N' Roses. Yep. Yeah. What's the name of the song? Paradise City, I think it is. You always seem to guess it right after they say the words. Yeah. So, where is the Slash guitar player? Where's he from? Where's he from? Hmm. Yeah, England. What, all of it or just a part of it? I need you to... said England. You didn't yeah. ask me what city. I didn't say he's from England. I said, where's he from? Yeah, England. Are you sure? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. He's is from, it England? He's from Stoke or Tron. There you, hey, go. there you go. There we go. Everybody's so it's one the of them winner. that you always remember because he's from Stoke. It's Everybody only... wins. Yeah, I just remember this song from Billy Madison. One of the the best scenes in Billy Madison when Billy comes out drunk, holding a keg over his head from the tent. That's how I knew this. I was like, "This is the song from Billy Madison, yeah. right?" That's how. That's what it was most famous for. I'm sure. Okay, <laughs> I'll take your word. One one final segment here as we wrap it on up uh, quickly, Adrian. As we preview uh, Toronto FC tomorrow night. Uh, Minnesota United playing host at TCF Bank Stadium. A little bit earlier of a kickoff, 6 p.m. tomorrow night. Yeah, I only found that out today. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I hope you didn't I, have plans earlier today. I was going to say, I was going to probably arrive a bit late tomorrow. <laughs> I went six? Yeah. Well, so that, that game can be seen on Fox Sports North Plus. Uh, you can listen to it here on 1500 ESPN. Uh, pre-game will be with uh, Brian Pyatt. Dan Tehar will have the call starting right at 6 o'clock. Um, pre-game starts at 5.30 on these airwaves. Uh, give us your thoughts on TFC. They're kind of disappointing season. It's been, uh, it's been, it's been weird. I, the two teams that played in the final last year, Toronto winning it, beating Seattle, a rematch of the final two from the year MLS before. Cups, 
are teams that we both are sitting with more points on this season. I mean, it, it's just, can you please explain to me which direction is up right now? Because Toronto's sitting on 15 points, yeah. Seattle's sitting on 12 points, Minnesota United on 16 points. What's going on? What do we make of this Toronto FC team? Um, I don't know because I, I think, I honestly believe that for two years they've been the best team in the league. I, I really think do. last year they were the best team in MLS history. Yeah, may, may have been, yeah. You know, I think Atlanta on a really given day have played some exhilarating football going forward. But TFC, when Giovinco's flying and when Michael's playing really well and Josie's playing well and Vasquez, they've got so many attacking weapons and it's not really worked for them this year. They, they had a fantastic start because they, they should have won the CONCACAF Champions Lost League. Lost in penalties, which was a heartbreak because it they was, were because the better they were, team. It was because they were yeah. the better team. You know, you, you, you no matter... I don't care if you're a big uh, Chivas fan, yeah. whatever it was. They, they you were, know, on the day Toronto was better. They went down to Mexico, yes. got the result, but ended up yeah. losing on ag- or losing on penalties after they were yeah. tied on aggregate. So, so I think everybody because they played so well in the in the Champions League games. I think we all thought they're going to hit the ground running. They're going to hit the ground flying. They're going to pick up points early doors and just go away with it. And it's not really happened for them, but. The one thing I will say, you know, that, that if Giovinco at any stage or Vasquez comes alive and Josie gets himself fit, you know, they're a big club. They spend money. They've always spent money. They've always had DPs. They have, they've had three DPs since the, they came into the league. You know, they went eight years, you know, without making the playoffs. That's crazy to think. Yeah. A play, uh, for, the, for the longest time, nearly a decade, Toronto FC never made the playoffs. And, you know, I think everybody wants they And I, I, I have to say as well, for the coach, Greg Vanny, I don't think he's had an, enough praise for what he's done because people talk about the money that Toronto had. They've always had money, but other people haven't been able to get them organized and actually play Spend in a it way. correctly, yeah. They've, they've missed on a lot of targets in the they, past. They have. And um, I think they, I fully expect them come the end of the year to get above the red line and go into the playoffs and then the, the team that everybody goes, oh no, we've got TFC. Yeah, here's your reward for winning the East. You get to play <laughs> yeah. Toronto FC as they just sneak into the playoffs and then you yeah, get a, you've, you've Atlanta versus Toronto yeah, exactly. in, the, in the first round of the playoffs, right? That yeah. would so, be something else. So it's going to be a difficult game. Um, you know, we, we've we've watched them a lot. We watched them at the weekend. They Their game was very similar to ours. They they had so many chances to At win the game. against the New York Red Bulls. Lost 1-0. Exactly Jericho the same as us. Missed penalty, 78th yeah. minute. So it was very, very similar to us. So I was, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. But it's going to be tough. You know, it's going to be a difficult game for us. And uh, they've got a lot of good players. But, you know, let's let's go again. Let's see if we can put a, a similar performance that we did to Dallas. And if we do, that might be enough to get us three points. Well, you know, now that you're an American, a green card holder, you yeah. have to do this for America. There you go. It's the uh, 4th of July as well. I'm, I'm getting to know all the... Uh, you probably had to answer the question of what the 4th of July means in your paperwork to, to pass the test to be a green card holder. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be a big one. Yeah. yeah, it'll be a good one. So, all right, here we are. We're at that time of the show. As we wind it on down, we get to do everybody's favorite segment. We have everyone wait till the final two or three minutes of the show to be able to hear their favorite Minnesota United broadcaster, uh-huh. Callum Williams. Give his call on a goal. Adrian Heath, you get to listen to it. You get to hear the goal call. You get then get to rate Cal's call. Yep. A scale of 1 to 10. We have a running total so far this season. We're going to go back to the Houston Dynamo game at home. Darwin Quintero scores a penalty kick. First goal. Opens up his account. 
Oh, it's a penalty kick. It's a penalty kick. Oh, let's see. Well, he's going to have to come up with some adjectives on this one then. So if you could do us a favor, score a few goals tomorrow night, refresh the bank, maybe <laughs> get three or four of those that we could do. We won't have to do deep dive off penalty kicks from earlier in the season. That would be great. We could give Cal something to scream about on the 4th of July. But for now, Adrian, we are going to go back to Darwin Quintero's goal against Houston. First goal of the game off a penalty kick. It is time for you, Adrian Heath, to rate Cal's call. So it will be a Darwin Quintero. He scores! The first of many in Minnesota Killers! And the relief is palpable! What you don't see is Darwin Quintero doing about three or four consecutive terrible cartwheels. And a dab at the end. We've then, got, we've got a about four. By the way, Adrian just dabbed. I wish we had that on camera. You just dabbed. <laughs> is that what I did? I didn't I think know. so. I think I just did the action that he did yeah. the other day. Is that a dab, is it? There Can you I go. rate your dab? Yeah. Give it a 10. Yeah, so, uh, no, I'm going to go seven. It's hard for a penalty. Are you sure? You're, yeah. you're riding a high of England winning. A seven right. for that? I know. I'm probably a bit generous tonight. I'm feeling in a good mood. Oh, Manny Hill. He goes three for three on predicting the, the songs when we come back. England wins on penalties for the first time in 22 years. Everyone gets a good score. Adrian's in a really good mood today. I can tell you that. Absolutely. Like Maybe it. I should talk about a new contract with you right now. I'm not in that good a mood. All right. England may have to, we have to wait until they win the World <laughs> Cup for that. <laughs> Adrian, thanks a lot. As always, we appreciate your time. Pleasure. Manny Hill, thank you so much. And thank you so much to you at home for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you to Heineken for sponsoring the show. We have a great time doing this. We hope you have a great time listening. That's all for me. I'm Jamie Watson, your host. This was the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. You've been listening to The Adrian Heath Show, hosted by Jamie Watson, presented by Heineken. For Minnesota United game and broadcast information, be sure to visit 1500ESPN.com and click on the United tab in the sports wire. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.